Hi, and welcome to All Things Wajay episode three. This is Itzy Steve Itzkowitz from Dollar 85. With me this week is a very special guest is Bonnie Rodman, a longtime member of Camp Young Judea and our, our member of our board of directors, as well as part of the original founders, the founders of CYJ. So Bonnie, welcome. Thank you. It's wonderful to be talking to you, Itzy Mabai. I, I know, right? We know, we're, when we're not at camp in that last week of camp, when you come up to visit, we have to do things over the computer. Right. So it's uh, great to talk to you. Uh, your your grandfather, uh, Harry Levine, and his brother Louis were the founders of Camp Young Judea, correct? Uh, yes, along with Dr. Morton J. Robbins and Dewey Stone and yeah. uh, Justice Brandeis and... Uh, a couple of other men from uh, the Boston Zionist area. And, you know, camp was created for a place uh, for Jewish youths to go outside of the city, the hustle bustle in the city, and to be with other Jewish uh, kids uh, back in the day. And do you actually, Donnie, did you know the first year camp was actually not at uh, Amherst, New Hampshire, where we are now? Uh, yep, it was in 1939. And, That's right. And uh, they... Uh, they went down, and uh, my dad was part of the group, and my uncle to cut the road down to the lake uh, with their machetes. Uh, they helped yep, set up some road of the road today. Yep, it's actually called the Babe Lane, named after my yep, dad. Babe. That's right. Babe Boulevard. Babe Boulevard. No, Babe Boulevard. Excuse me. Babe That's Boulevard. right. Yep. That year, the, the year camp wasn't on campus. It was actually in Upton, Massachusetts. It was. That yeah, I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah, the camp was being developed. So YJ, from what I understand, we didn't move into the uh, where we are. The camp, uh, the farm, there was a farm before YJ. It was called Noise Farm. And that was the land that was purchased with your uh, grandfather and your great uncle and Dewey Stone and Dr. Robbins spearheading that. So when you were growing up, had you visited campus before you were able to you know, start being a camper? Had you visited camp before? No, I did not. I did, I, I, ah. I know I would hear about it, but I never knew I, I'd never been there. So my first year there was my first time seeing camp. So and you grew up in the, the Levine family was in the uh, the plastics industry in Lemonster, Massachusetts, correct? That's correct. Yes. Yeah, so you just took Route 13, kind of the back way. Uh, through which, uh, like Brooklyn, New Hampshire, or Camp Tevye is up to 101, and or out of, out of, probably 101 wasn't even developed then. And then you're up at YJ. Right, right. Well, so, what was your first summer at YJ? I believe it was 58. I believe. But no, yeah, it, and there wasn't all of that gimbal dollar back then. Oh, no, what, it, was, what, uh, it was upper camp and lower camp. There were either eight or ten girls bunks. And I think eight boys' bunks. Uh, there was a little tunk around a tree, and a big tunk in girls' area for head of the girls' area. And so the tree tunk was the tree tunk was already there in 1958. Yep. Wow. Yep. And for those of you who don't know what the tree tunk is, because it doesn't exist anymore, from 58 through probably late late 80s, early 90s, there was a tunk where usually like either the assistant had a girls area or an older administrator uh, would live in girls area. Right. 
That's right. right. Way back. And two of the bunks, well, the bunks, although they had numbers, they also had names on them. So the names mm-hmm. were places in Israel. I believe my first bunk was Tel Aviv. And uh, it was the only bunk that uh, that connected directly to the bunk next to it that we had showers and um, that connected the two bunks. So it was the only bunks that had showers. The rest of the bunks in the girls' area had to use the shower house. Which I'm sure was replaced at least once before uh, it finally being knocked down. Honestly, honestly I'm, I'm not sure that it was replaced or just refurbished several times. But it's certainly yeah, well, in the same location. Right in the corner near uh, the old soccer field yep. where Archie, Archie yeah. was. Yeah. Yep. When I remember as a camper, that was like, oh, look, the girls are coming out of the shower. They're like, don't look. <laughs> okay, all right. Right. <laughs> right. And there were woods behind it. So where the, the soccer field is now and everything, that was all woods. Oh, okay. Yeah, that hadn't been developed yet in 58. Right. Right. So do you, do you remember any of your counselors from that year? Joni Bornstein was my first counselor. Who was the name again? Joni Bornstein. Joni Bornstein, sure. Yeah, Joni Bornstein. I, I forget my second counselor's name, although she was much quieter. Joni was definitely Rara Sispumbago YJ kind of a counselor. Uh, I certainly remember. Uh, a lot of people who were in my bunk, several of whom were from Worcester and others from Newton and Brookline. And uh, we had a big Worcester contingent at that time. So um, I, I was actually looking at a picture from the year after that and and could name everybody in the bunk except one person. So wow. they're, they're still part of my memory. <laughs> Which surprised me. Was it the Polda family from Worcester? Yeah, the whole Polda family. Yeah. But then there was Sarah Jane Porter and Lizzie Whitman and uh, I forget. Um, hold on. Oh, Carolyn Kressler. I forget other people. Wow. But that's, that's 1958. So how many years were you a camper? Uh, a camper? Well, I was a camp. My last year at camp was 1969. So you were a camper for five, six years, and staff for four or five? I was a camper uh, until, let's see, um, probably till 62, 63, 64, something like that. 64. Uh-huh. 64. And, uh, and then we didn't have the Israel trip, so, of course, I didn't go on right. the Israel trip. Um, but I did take um, four weeks off at the beginning of the summer and took a trip with Sarah Porter um, and three other girls, and we went across country and then came back to camp afterwards for the second session. Um, Ooh, that's cool. that's yeah. like that was always a thing. Like, oh, where, where's Bonnie? Yeah. She's on camp for session. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and then I was a CA and a counselor, and then I wanted to be assistant head of the girls' area, and Charles Rotman would not let me. So that was <laughs> the last I went to camp. <laughs> well, oh, we'll get to Charles in a second, but when you were a camper, Arthur Klein was the director, correct? The second director in YJ history of Morton Robbins being the first one. Yeah, no, it was Sid Berlin's first year. It was Sid Berlin's first year? Yeah. So maybe I. So Arthur Klein had. 
Okay, so are you right? Yeah, the timeline. Okay, right. So Sid Berlin, so Arthur Glenn had just, you know, or Sid Berlin replaced him, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And so what was Sid like as a director? Because I believe he was an industrial arts teacher in Mineola, New York, where yeah. uh, Ken and Lou Cornreich and Lynn uh, Cornreich grew up. Actually, I, I really had nothing to do with him. Um, I, guess oh. it, I guess it was okay. Um, Kip ran fine. Uh, we had Pete, the chef. Who was great? Uh, we had the best food. Oh my god! I'm I, I gained weight all the time at camp because the food was so good, and um, and I guess you know he did a good job as far as programming and everything. Although we had um, Doc Goldstein, who was like head of education and religion, and mm -hmm. um, I was trying to think who was program director at the time. I don't. Was Mike, was Mike Levinson there? I yes, but I'm not sure. I think he was a counselor my first year or two, and then he became okay. program director. And but that whole era of Mike Levinson and Eli and uh, his brother, and um, th there were just Jeff Gansberg. There were like a whole bunch of like the it guys uh, when I was um, a camper. Um, the oldest campers, uh, Mike Sherman, uh, Elliot Entis, Alan Entis. I mean, really, I couldn't give you the girls' names, but boy, I know all those cute boys' names. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. So Mike, Mike Sherman was uh, also the first Maccabi Eye captain. That's, That's a story for another day. Yes, yeah, he well, was. We should be friends. That was our song. Really? Yeah. What, what team was that? White or blue? Uh, it, I, we didn't have blue and white for that that year. I don't. I don't no. think so. I don't think so. I don't. Oh. I don't remember. I just remember that there were just two teams: Migdalim and Minnow and um, before that, we had the blue and white, where we would just um, uh, keep all of our scores. Every bunk with either a blue or a white, and we keep all of our scores from from games that we played because we always played against another bunk. Um, or we all we had like um, uh, pairing bunks, and um, so bunk bunk one and bunk two would always have athletics together, and they would play you know, kickball or whatever against one another. And the scores uh -huh. would then add up all throughout the whole year. And then um, then the final scores at the end of the summer were um, were on the plaque that Sam Midman made. And um, it was then um, surprise, it was a surprise for everybody as he unveiled the plaque. You could see who won blue or white for the summer. So it went throughout the summer. So those, those plaques that were in the old dining hall that used to be in the center section, there was Star David design, uh, blue star on a white background, and it would say on the bottom of the plaques, you know, money raised for Israel from the blues and from the whites, just like you're explaining. Yeah. Now, so, well, we lost a lot of those plaques, several of them hanging in yeah. the line, again, a, a building uh, from your, your yeah. family. And it's, a, it's so like if you're a historian, kind of like a guy like me or just interested in like you see the names and, and like sometimes you see the same names on each plaque, but it's really cool. I think the oldest one we have up is from 46. So it's not that bad, but we don't have the original. Oh. And Sam Inman was the, one of the uh, most right. dedicated oh, arts he and craft directors. Yeah, he, he was like Papa. He was like he was like the papa of uh, of camp. If a kid was having a problem, Sam they, 
Sam Midman would take that person under a, guy, a boy under his arms, take him fishing, you know, if he was homesick or whatever. And Doyle would do the same thing. His wife would do the same thing um, if there was a girl who was, you know, a little homesick or whatever. It was nice. Wow. Yeah, very nice. I mean, it's, you know, obviously camps changed over the years, but there was that run from like Sam Midman through Carl Zidell where like the dedication you know, from the arts and crafts department. I always like looking back on the yearbooks. I always feel like they, they all the departments kind of work together, like with the, like the drama and uh, dance and music worked with arts and crafts. Yeah. Like, to build sets. Or at least that it would have it appeared to me and I wasn't there, but it always, that always fascinated me. And it's changed over the years because that's, well, you know, Kim's yeah, much bigger now. I mean, I think then there were maybe, you know, 150 people total. Uh, I mean, it wasn't that big. It didn't seem that big. We had one tennis court where the volleyball courts are now. We had one volleyball court. We had one basketball court. We had one ball field. Um, yeah, nothing was developed beyond the girls' area. So where the tennis courts are and everything, a rifle was still way down there. Rifle was like yeah. in another world, and um, <laughs> and uh, and so it was. Um, you know, it was it was just it was it was cozier. Let's put it that way. However, it was a lot more religious. Right. We right. had Hebrew every day. Oh, God. We had Hebrew every day. I think I read the Dead Sea Scrolls book every year because that was my <laughs> Hebrew group. And uh, and everything. You know, we had Hebrew names for everything. We sang Hebrew songs every night. Uh, after dinner and every morning we sang uh, uh, English songs, sort of like folk songs, kinds of camp songs. And sure. um, it was just uh, a lot more uh, religious and, of course, very Zionistic, which it is now. But even then, because Israel was so young, uh, it right. was extremely Zionistic. And there was no trip. There was no Israel trip. So we would have people come like the Israeli scouts would come and stay with us uh, in the cabin. So that was really nice. Of course, um, uh, Yoni was there, um, yeah. and, and that was really lovely. And they would build Migdal's um, towers, uh, lashing uh, wood together in the middle of Lou Brown Park. By the way, I was there when they dedicated Lou Brown Park, and they gave, oh. it, and they gave it a name. And, um, and so we would – that was um, one of our – activities camp craft activities was to uh, build the migdal that's so cool now you, you mentioned yoni that's yoni netanyahu who was an israeli scout for cyj in 63 and 64 there's books like uh have his picture sitting in the brown park his uh co-counselor was mike sherman uh we talked about mike earlier and buddy um, and, and yoni, Right. Oh, I didn't realize Buddy was, your brother yep. was a co-counselor as well. Yep. Your brother? Yep, my brother Buddy was, I think, his CIT. Oh, ah. yeah. What was it like, by the way, with you and Buddy? Did, like, everybody know, like, oh, they're, they're you know, their uh, uh, grandparents, you know, founded camp. Was that a thing? Or, or you know, do you remember anything like that? Um, all I know is that I was held to the highest esteem uh, to be a good camper. And, of course, I wasn't uh, always a good camper. Um, but, um, I mean, I was just sort of like, you know, a devil in disguise. And, uh, <laughs> uh, but, you know, um, I, we didn't make a big deal about it. Maybe other people did. I didn't know when they would come up um, for the board meeting. I just went over and said hello, and that was it. I, I didn't. Right. If I got treated differently, I didn't know. Let's put it that right, way. Right. 
Other I mean, than uh, other, other than Patty Hecht will tell you that she calls me the Shabbat Queen because she said that every year um, when the uh, for Shabbat you'd have the Shabbat Queen dance um, through the dining hall uh, before we sat down for dinner when we had um, some singing and and she said Bonnie you were always the Shabbat Queen I went no I wasn't Patty it was just <laughs> once or twice that's all. <laughs> It's funny how that memory just stick in people's yeah. memories. Like, yeah, that's funny. That, that, was a, uh, that, was a, that was a very nice thing that we did. I, I hope someday we can bring it back. I'm going to suggest that. That was nice. Yeah, we did it. We do a Shabbat Queen. It's different. Like, they, it's called, they do it on Saturday morning services now. Oh, where it's a song, wow. They do a song called Hail to the Queen, and the campers dress up you know, their counselor as whatever the theme is. So say, like, what well, you know, like uh, we did a uh, Burger Queen. So they dressed, you know, got the oh, went out. Okay. And I, you know, and then they do this whole song, Hail to the Queen. It's campy. It's not really religious, but it's, it's yeah. campy. And it's during the, the uh, tour portion. Right. And that's one of those things. I judge Josh Marmer, uh, who was in college, uh, 91, started that. So in the mid-90s. So, you know, that's okay. 25 years ago already. So look wow. at that. Wow. So we're talking, we're talking fifties and sixties. Yeah. Uh, you know, so cool though. But Bonnie, who, who, anybody else from the, that area you want to talk about who really made an influence or an impact in your life or camp life? Um, I was just, I was just so into the sports at camp. I, I mean, I, I was like, rah, rah, YJ. Uh, they couldn't give me enough things to do. Uh, and if I wasn't in activities, I was playing jacks um, uh, on the on that. We had a ping pong table, which we never used. So we took the boards off the ping pong table, put them on the ground, and we played jacks or pickup sticks uh, in the girls' yeah. area. Uh, I was on every team I could be on. So I was just busy, busy, busy. I loved everything about camp. I loved everything about camp. You still do. I'm, I know you do. Yeah, I do. But, yeah, but even but, but now now I'm more of an observer than I am a participant. But I participated in everything. I was in Zimbria. I was in chorus Zimbria. I was in um, uh, dance. I was uh, on every sports team. I was in the plays. I I just did everything. It was great. Yeah. See, that's what that's what camp's all about. You get to try different things and be part of different things. That's right. And I'm guessing with 150 people, man, you must know everybody and like. like yeah, it's did. a little tough now, you know, when we have 500 people in our community, it's like, you know, all the people are, but, you know, you can't have these, uh, you know, more intimate relationships. Right. With. No, you knew yeah. everybody. You knew everyone. At, at, at your time, yeah. yeah. So what, so now it's 1969, your last year at camp, and uh, in the 70s, did, did you come up and visit, or, or when were you named to the board of directors, probably? Um, I have to think. I, I, I came one year, so I don't even know what year it was, but it must have been like around 80, 80 maybe. Okay. Um, uh, my, uh, they were having a board meeting in Boston, and uh, my dad, Babe, was um, chairman of the board then, and he said, why don't you just come with me? So I went, oh, okay. And I sort of like in the 70s, I didn't do much with camp. I wasn't really around much uh, i was tra mm -hmm. traveling and stuff so by then uh, i was ready to get back into camp so i went to the meeting and he said you sit in the back of the room it was a, at a hotel or something and and you sit in the back of the room and there i was with all of these old men not all of them old and they were talking about camp and 
really, I'm not sure even what they were talking about, but it didn't seem like they did much. <laughs> it's not nice to say, but, no, um, but, yeah. but, but um, I think by then Charles Rotman was the director. Yeah, he yeah. was. Charles was the director, and it seemed like Charles just took care of everything. So he'd give his report, and they would say, okay, and, and that would be it. I got, on, I got on the board probably two or three years later. I was the first female on the board. Um, and 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 uh, Babe would say, "Okay, gentlemen, you know, meeting come to order." And I would look at him and I go, "I'm not a man. I'm not a man." And he would say, "Okay, gentlemen, and Barney." <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, like, speaking of Charles, you know, when Charles took over for, as director in '66, what was it like? What was the feeling at camp? Like you, because you were a counselor then. Well, that's something I'd be interested in hearing about. Right. Well, I, I was, um, well, interestingly enough, you know, Charles was head of the waterfront before that. Mm -hmm. And he was Charles. <laughs> he was not a big jokester. His friends around him were like Elliot Hurwitz and Chuck Clayman. They, they were more of the funny guys. And Charles was seemed to be pretty serious. Even in his humor, he was pretty serious. So, when he came to be director, um, you know, we didn't see him very much. Honestly, we'd see him at meals. That was about it. Rarely did yeah, he walk yeah. around camp. I don't really remember him walking around camp very much. Um, but by then, um, I think Mike Liebenson was a program director. And uh, I, okay. think, I think then. So, you know, the, the camp... You know, camp ran smoothly. Whatever I needed to do, I could do. There weren't any big issues other than we had people uh, from the um, the neighborhood um, trying to uh, break into camp. So, um, oh, the town, the yeah. townies, the old townies. Yeah, 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 they didn't like us. And um, and so other than that, there, there didn't seem to be any problems. We had a few problem kids, but somehow they seemed to straighten out while they were at camp. And uh, the counselors were great. I mean, most of the counselors had been there forever. So, you know, it's it, it was like a big family. You couldn't wait to get back to see your friends again. I know that. I mean, the same feeling is, uh, it is still now. goes on. That's yeah. why we live too. Yeah. So, so I was on. So, I, I was. Um, I was on the waterfront staff. Uh, I was on the athletic staff. My first year, I was on the waterfront staff, and then, um, mm -hmm. and then I was on the riflery staff, and I was on the athletic staff. So I was on all three. I was uh, a coach of the girls' volleyball team. Um, and uh, I tried to get um, cheerleaders for our softball team. So I would grab some of the girls who were cheerleaders um, at, at home, and, you know, in their, in their schools. And uh, we had cheerleading. So that was fun. Oh, that's cool. Very cool. So now, so now you've been a board member about 35 years, 36 years oh now? God. Yeah, it seems like forever. Yeah. 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 Well, I, you know, I, as a camper, would remember you coming up and then watching the, like, the Celtics game. I'm like, hey, there, there's Bonnie from the board of directors because your hair is so curly and, and prominent. And you're in Arthur's hair, too. Your husband, ex-husband's hair yeah. is uh, very curly, too. So we're like, and even today where they show old, you've been lately, you've been showing yeah, yeah. old 80s games. Yeah. Yeah, there you are. They're getting a lot of a lot of media. What was it like going to those games? Let's just talk oh, about the They were my social. As soon as my parents moved to Florida, uh, well, I would go to the games um, before that from 1962. I would start going to the games. My parents had um, season tickets, and um, 
we would get tickets from the office, like uh, Celtics tickets. They were like so cheap. Um, and a lot of the times we would sit behind Johnny Most up in the Johnny uh, Johnny Johnny Rose, right up in the, up, up in the balcony and uh and one day he turned around to, to me and to buddy and and he said will you just shut up I can't do my job <laughs> <laughs> so I was a real Celtics and still am here in Florida a real Celtics fan you know um and and when when my parents moved to Florida um my brother Stephen and I split the tickets buddy was already in Florida and um and so that was my social life um at least twice a week um I go to there and then uh, um on Sundays we would go to the football game so my social life was was the Patriots and the Celtics and and I was known as the offside coach at the Celtics game <laughs> Because sitting in the front row, they could hear me. And and so I was like one of these people that would say, you know, defense with your feet, use your feet, use your feet. Or um, I remember Xavier McDaniel used to say to me, uh, he used to shoot foul shots. And when he was down near us, I would say to him, follow your shot, follow your shot. And and he once told me that he heard me, didn't know who was yelling that. So I was really in my own mind, and I always say this, I'm a legend in my own mind. But the Celtics, right. the Celtics were my. It, it was it was like my team. It was my team. Yeah. Wait, which player was that again? Xavier McDaniel's, the X Men. Oh, X Men, X Men. Oh, that's so yeah. funny. Yeah. Oh wow, that's but, great. But I was going. Xavier McDaniel. My first games were were with Tommy Heinsohn and Bill Sharman and. Um, and Bill Russell and Casey Jones and Sam Jones and then Satch Sanders and Jim Leskatop and uh, then and um, then uh, Nelson Nelly came and uh, I mean you know I go back to the early to the mid fifties for the Celtics. Wow! Wow! Yeah. That's awesome! Yeah. That's awesome! I love so it. Shifting gears back to YJ, you, your daughter Sharon is a Dollar eighty nine member. Yeah, uh, one of the eight Maccabiac captains out here, by the way. Yeah, uh, and now uh, and your granddaughter Brooke is a current camper. I believe she'll be in Lower Gimel this year. Upper Bet, one of those. Pardon me. One and uh, uh, Brooke's in Upper Bet or Lower Gimel this year, right? She's um, I think she's going to be in Upper Bet. Upper Bet, yeah. So that that must be give you oh, kind of five, five generations, five generations, yeah. yeah. And she, and, she, and she is crazy about camp. I mean, she's like rah-rah, CYJ, like me. She actually brings kids from her community to camp or convinces kids yeah. who are going to stay for one session that she convinces them to stay for two sessions. So she's a great recruiter for camp and just loves camp. Her best friends are camp friends. Yeah, yeah. Yep. She's yep. part of the mix. Where yep. That's when your life is camp first and it's great, you know, and, and every every year you come up, uh, you know, at least the last 15 years, I don't even know, you're usually there for like the last four or five days of camp, yep. and the the counselors remember you, the campers remember you, you do a speech every year, sometimes you embarrass your friend's kids with a happy birthday song, yep. will you give us a little touch of that, a little uh, sample of the happy birthday song you sing? Yeah, the happy birthday song, actually, um, the kids from Plainview brought that up to camp when I was a camper. From where? From Plainview. Oh. So, so it was like the Basses, the Barretts, um, 
uh, I forget who else was from that area, but they're the ones that, that started Kings and Queens at camp. Oh. Yeah. And so that's when we started singing Kings and Queens. And I keep trying to get the kids at camp to do it, but somehow it doesn't work out. I know. I, I try to bring back things all the time. They look at me like I got two heads. Yeah. Like, Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> you weren't at camp in the 80s and the 90s? Right. Come on, man. Right. That's great. Right. You're great. So, Bonnie, you and I share a, a common love of live music, right? Absolutely. Oh, my God. Yeah. My life. Is your favorite the Eagles? It's one of my favorite bands. And my favorite singer right now, my favorite, favorite singer is Lionel Richie. But um, oh, yeah. uh, I've seen him. I've traveled to, to actually see him. But I have seen the Eagles uh, three times, um, all with Glenn Fry before he passed. Um, and uh, here in Florida, they have so many tribute bands. I can go out every night and hear a great tribute band. So I'm singing my favorite songs from the late 60s to the 80s with these tribute bands and one of the bands and dancing. And one of the bands, um, they would say when I came into the club where they were playing, um, they would say, here comes the dancer. And I'd get everybody up to dance. And I'd get everybody up to dance. Yeah. I mean, it just, you know, I got to tell you, I love it here because it's just communal and there's lots of good music. That's great. Uh, my, you know, the, I uh, actually saw the Eagles without Glenn Fry with his son Deacon uh, two years ago. And I don't, you, I don't know if I told you. Do you know the the physician that the the Fry estate is suing in New York, the gastroenterologist? You know what his name is? No. Stephen Itzkowitz, Doctor Stephen Itzkowitz, <laughs> not Mount Sinai Hospital, New York. You know. It's, I was like, what? Because we're all idiots, right? Like, there's, so, you know, there's a mother itsy in this world. Oh, there's me. <laughs> and he actually has a real doctorate. Oh, God. <laughs> Not just a CYJ. No, if you Google, like we all do, Google your own name, it comes yeah. up. I'm like, I'm like, I figure it, how, how many people are named Steve Itzkowitz? Right. And then I'm like, oh, and, you know, oh, whatever. But so it's, uh, it's pretty funny like that. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. So, Bonnie, we've got a couple minutes left. And um, you know, get back on gear to YJ. Let's talk about the future of YJ. How do you, how are you feeling? Well, this uh, this coronavirus virus is um, is really you know putting a big kibosh on everything, and we're trying yeah, to yeah. we're trying to figure out what we're going to do. However, uh, Marcy's doing a, a fabulous job. I mean, fabulous oh, job. And, unbelievable. And unbelievable. I, I mean, she's wearing a hundred hats and wears them graciously and with beauty. And with with um, Melissa and you and Marnie, um, I think you guys have a really good handle on. Plan A, Plan B, Plan C, Plan D on what we're going to do for the future yeah, of camp. Yeah. For the future of camp, if we can just get through this mishmash of whatever, oh my goodness, yeah, right? then I, I think um, you know the, the legacy of CYJ will live on with um, the next generation. I mean, we have my we have my granddaughter, and we'll have all of those grandchildren coming and then their children will be coming i mean i just think that there's such a legacy of of love and friendship and and feeling of jewish without it being jammed down your throat you know like at hebrew school um where you just sort of you just live a jewish 
wife at camp. And it's just part of who you are, the whole thing with Israel and our connection to Israel and the Israel trip. And it's just, I just think it'll just go on, I hope, in perpetuity, you know. So we're, yeah, we're, 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 the idea. Right. Um, the board, we're, we're, we're uh, we're trying to, we, we're bringing on younger people on the board, and some of us Altakakas will be um, resigning and becoming emeritus within the next couple of years. Um, right. and, and we'll be bringing new board members on who can help us uh, um, financially and, 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 and provide our fiduciary responsibilities to keep camp going. So for the first time, we have to start raising money um, for camp, um, because so we have to, we have to rebuild, um, many of our, uh, original buildings that are falling apart. So for the first time, we really have to, um, to, to have a, a, a building fund and, uh, and a development fund and, and, and get our alumni to participate in, in sure. rebuilding camp. So that's really what the board is doing now, is working on that and um, working with um, with the administration to keep camp going. Uh, they bring us new ideas. We see if we can afford to do them. We're rebuilding the bunks. So we have a lot of stuff coming in the future. We have a 10-year plan, which is... Uh, which is pretty aggressive as far as replacing all of the old buildings and uh, and bringing new activities to camp. So it's pretty exciting, and I look forward to um, for to to being involved uh, probably until I can't travel anymore. <laughs> so yeah, well, so so hopefully yeah. whether I'm on the board or not, I still plan on coming to camp and visiting and, oh, and helping out. So. It's still your home away from home, too. It you know, is, I miss it, I miss, it is, I miss the old uh, board directors meeting where we have like a you know cocktail party before yeah. going down to dinner. I yeah. Yeah. you can't do that anymore. I used to love those. Yeah, when I was, uh, yeah everybody did. Uh, you know who loved them, them the most? My mother. Yeah, what was her drink? Not wild turkey. No, 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 no. She was Scotch, <laughs> Scotch, Scotch, Scotch and soda, right? So she misses those <laughs> because that's the only oh, yeah. time she, she was... really got to meet people. You know, she right, right, right. Yeah, so she's still yeah, she, very yeah. active as far as wanting to know what goes on. She's always asking what happens at the board meetings, house camp. So you know, she although she never went there, she always felt like she was part of it when she would go with my dad. So yeah. And we have cousins, you know, lots of cousins that are going, and and I, I mean, it's still a family affair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we didn't even touch upon like the you know the Rashina and Josh and the Pellets family. Right. And we, you know, we, we could do like four hours probably. Right. David, but, David you know. Myers and his kids, and yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. David, of course, David out in California, Belmont, right, sure, right, right. So, so it's just, oh. uh, I just hope everybody that's listening to this realizes that uh, it's up to every one of us to keep camp going and I just hope that um, they can find a little bit of time to devote to uh, to keeping camp going that's all great and Bonnie, you, I want to thank you for being our guest this week oh thanks and you, you got one more thing to say go ahead go ahead no I just want to say that um, this was a pleasure 
um, reminiscing a little about camp. And the kids always ask me what camp was like before when I was there and what Dalit I was in. And of course, we weren't in Dalit then. We didn't have that. But they love hearing the stories of camp. And, and, and I love telling them these same stories and the history of the buildings and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's, it's lovely. I you know it's my home away from home. I love it. Awesome. Thanks so much, Bonnie. Thanks, it's And I can't wait to see you soon in person. Okay, babes. Take care. Take care. <laughs>